Well, so good to have you all with us here tonight. It is a very uh, wonderful pleasure and privilege to be able to introduce to you a very dear brother in in Christ who uh, we go back, we're just trying to count it out a little bit, I think about 41 or 42 years that we've known each other and served the Lord in various ways, but yet together uh, we were in what was known as the Jesus movement that had come and affected El Paso back in the in the early to uh, mid-70s. And uh, Sammy, uh, Oppenheim um, was the pastor and spiritual leader of the Messianic congregation known as uh, Ben David, Ben David Fellowship. And uh, we, uh, uh, it, it was a joy to meet him back then. It's uh, an even greater joy to be back in, after many, many years of not, not seeing him, and, uh, to, uh, to have him come and, and, uh, and bless us with the word, the word of God tonight. Uh, so uh, without any further ado, let me introduce to you Sammy Oppenheim. <clears throat> oh, we do. Can we get one of the the, the mics? Uh, the the Stenhauser mic, I guess. It'll it'll just take a couple of minutes. I could do a you know a little show and dance, but you know I don't. I think it's probably appropriate for tonight, but it'll entertain you anyway. So, <laughs> and you, you want to go ahead and move around? Sure. Is that what you're? Or, you can use this for now. And okay. We'll bring yeah. that mic down. Yeah. And I'll go get you a bottle of water. Yes, How's that thank sound? You. It'll be twenty thank twenty cents, but uh, you know. Okay. Oh, okay. Hinello Yanum, Vehello Ishan, Loyanum, Vehello Ishan, Hinello Yanum, Vehello Ishan, Shomer Israel. El que guarda Israel nunca duerme ni sueña. Duerme ni sueña, nunca duerme ni sueña. El que guarda Israel, nunca duerme ni sueña. Duerme ni sueña. He that keeps Israel, neither slumbers nor sleeps. Slumbers nor sleep. Un momentito. Okay. Now, it, this is already on? It's on mute, so you just have to unmute it, you see? Okay. Thank you. Gracias. He that keeps Israel neither slumbers nor sleeps, slumbers nor sleeps, neither slumbers nor sleeps. He that keeps Israel neither slumbers nor sleeps, slumbers nor sleeps. Why don't you re repeat this after me? Hiner lo yanum velo ishan shomer Yisrael. Hiner lo yanum velo ishan shomer Yisrael. Hinello yanum veloishan, 
velo ishan shomer Yisrael. Hinelo yanum velo ishan velo ishan shomer shomer Yisrael. Hinelo yanum velo ishan velo ishan shomer Yisrael. Hinelo yanum velo ishan velo ishan. Shomer, Shomer, Yisrael. He that keeps Yisrael neither slumbers nor sleeps, slumbers nor sleeps, neither slumbers nor sleeps. He that keeps Yisrael neither slumbers nor sleeps, slumbers nor sleeps. El que guarda Israel nunca duerme ni sueña, duerme ni sueña, nunca duerme ni sueña. El que guarda Israel nunca duerme ni sueña, duerme ni sueña. That's a promise uh, from God for Israel forever and ever. And it's a promise from God for you and for me. Baruch Hashem. I was uh, in Israel. I was in Israel about uh, six months ago. And uh, I went up to several Hasidic Jews. You know, they wear the black hats. Underneath, they wear a kippah or a yarmulke. Oh, uh, someone told me that I should wear my glasses in the back, and that way I could see what's behind me. I, I know that's ridiculous. Anyway, I would walk up to some of these Hasidic Jews, you know, with the side curls, the black uh, clothes, and I would uh, go up to them at the Kotel, at the Western Wall, and I would go up to them and I'd say, I'm a real live, honest-to-goodness Texas Jewish cowboy. And they would look at me, yeah, okay, big deal. And I said, I notice you wear your hats and you wear your kippah underneath. Do you know what that really means? And half of them kind of had the attitude, uh, what, what is a Texas Jewish cowboy going to tell me about my hat and, 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 and my kippah? And I would say to them, double cover. Now, if, if you will excuse me just a second, when you wear a hat, a lot of times you get what is called hat hair, and and I, I want I want to always look nice. <laughs> uh, I am very I'm very honored and blessed to be here with you tonight. I was born and raised here in El Paso, here in El Paso, Texas. I went to Isleta High School. Uh, I got in a fight with a guy by the name of Oscar, and I got kicked out of school. They gave me a zero for my whole sophomore year. My sister, Ida Jean, who is 18 months uh, younger than me. Mother, it is so embarrassing that my older brother is in some of my classes. And the reason he's in some of my classes was because he got kicked out of school. Mother, this is so embarrassing. <laughs> We're like that now. Ella era muy chismosa. She used to tattle. She used to squeal on me. 
you know, all, all, all the time. And I accepted Jesus when I was 15 years old. It was during the summer uh, after I had been kicked out of school. I got kicked out of school in April. And uh, it was that summer that I had a vision of Jesus. I did not see his face, but I felt there were tears falling from his eyes. And those tears were falling on my head. And I remember I touched my, my face and I went into my mother. I used to tell my mother, Mom, we can't forget what Daddy used to tell us about Jesus. Lily, you can't believe in Jesus. Jesus is not for you. He's not for me. He's not for my children. And I used to go into her room. She had accepted Jesus when I was about six or seven years old. My daddy died when I was 10. And uh, I, I can remember uh, seeing my mother praying, reading her scriptures. Her life was transformed, really changed. My mother was movie star, beautiful. Her name was Lily, Lilia. And uh, we, we had a store in Isleta by the name of uh, Sammy Shop. And uh, when my daddy died, you know, I, I was just 10. My mother was still uh, young and beautiful. She could have gone out with men, but uh, she, she sacrificed to raise me and my two sisters. And I would go into a room and I would say, I know you're praying for me, but it's not going to do you any good. And you can't, you can't forget, and I can't forget what Daddy told me even just before he died. But uh, when I was 15 and I'm kicked out of school and I'm running around with the wrong uh, group of boys and uh, uh, I had this vision, this experience, this personal encounter with Jesus. And I told my mom and my life was changed and then I called Clyde Wafer, he was the principal at Isleta High School. He was a Methodist uh, Christian. And I called him, Mr. Wafer, would you let me back in school? I just accepted Jesus. And he said, Sammy, uh, I'm going to have to think and I'm going to have to pray about this. He had told me, we will never let you back at Isleta High School. And uh, two weeks later, he called me, and uh, actually he, he called my mother, uh, Mrs. Oppenheim, uh, I, I want you to bring Sammy to my office. Uh, gave her a couple of uh, days. We walked in there and he said, Sammy, we'll let you in for one six weeks. Uh, anything, guess, okay. Anything uh, below a C and you're out. You get in any fights, you're out. You, uh, you, you're, you're, you're a class clown. Stop interrupting uh, classes. You keep doing that, and you're, you're out. And if we find out that you're ditching school, you're out. I made it for the first two, six weeks, and then I got in a fight with another guy, but... Uh, no one found out about it. And from then on, my life uh, really began uh, to change. I knew almost right away that I was to be involved in spiritual leadership. I knew that uh, God really called me uh, into full-time ministry. I've been in public ministry, uh, oh, about 53, 54 years. I started preaching three weeks after I accepted Jesus with Tom Paul McEachern. He was the pastor of the Foursquare Church over on Fort Boulevard, uh, Copia and, and uh, Piedras. And uh, his life was such an example that 
through his example, and, and he was an athlete, and, and I grew up, you know, involved in sports, and, and that was uh, a real important uh, thing. But uh, went to uh, the Foursquare uh, Bible College in California. It's now uh, Life Pacific uh, University. And I've been gone from El Paso for 26 years. I left in September of 1993. I had not been to El Paso in more than uh, six years. And uh, so me coming back for a period of time has really been a blessing. I miss my beautiful El Paso. El Paso City by the Rio Grande. And again, I'm honored to be here, and I love uh, Charlie, your, your pastor, and uh, I thank God for his life, for his ministry, and me being here tonight, I want to lift up the name of Jesus, Yeshua, el nombre de Jesus, and I want to be a blessing to the church, and I want to be of special blessing and support for the vision of this church and for the leadership of this church. Heavenly Father, thank you in Jesus' name that you have given me this opportunity to be here at Calvary Chapel. So I ask your grace and I ask your anointing in Yeshua's name. Yeshua's name, that's his name in Hebrew. In Hebrew. Uh, in Jesus' name, bless this time. Amen. Would you please turn to Breshit? Breshit, the book of Genesis. You know, I grew up in a Jewish uh, home. Never uh, after my dad uh, died, I never really got involved with uh, Jewish things. I thought that when I accepted Jesus, I converted to another religion. I graduated from college in 66 and in uh, 68. And, uh, I, you know, it was around the Jesus People Movement, the Six-Day War. Charlie uh, took me out to, to eat. What was the name of the restaurant? Carnitas? Huh? Que? Yeah, get it thou? Okay. Quetaro. Okay. Anyway, he was uh, sharing with me how God really touched his life. 1967, the Six Day War, when uh, Israel takes control of Yerushalayim for the first time in more than 2,000 years, 2,500 years, and it was right around the time of the Jesus People Movement, and many of my Jewish people were coming to faith in Jesus, and all of a sudden I felt uh, such a call to reach out to our Jewish people, and there are people here with Jewish roots, and I know that uh, Charlie has uh, those uh, Jewish roots as well. Uh, Genesis chapter uh, 22. After these things, God tested Abraham, or God proved Abraham. He tested him, not like uh, a grade school test, or a high school test, or a college test to see who gets a better grade, or what kind of a grade that you can get, an A, B, C, or, or a, a D, or even an F. But he was proving, he was testing his character. And he was doing it because he knew that Abraham would be able to pass the test. But I wonder if any of us, including me, 
if we are tested of God in this way, would we be able to walk through it and through the power of God's grace? And grace, Hanan, isn't just a gift of unmerited, undeserved favor. In Zechariah, uh, in Zechariah, you shout to the mountain, grace, grace, and the mountain of that trial and testing is reduced to powder. So grace is also a power work uh, in our lives. And God tested Abraham. And the test was not only for God to see, God knew, but it was for Abraham to see that God was with him no matter what the test. And he said to him, Abraham, and he answered, here I am, hineni, that's the Hebrew word for here I am, hineni. And Abraham responded when God called him, and he answered, here I am, Lord, your wish is my command. Your will is what I want for my life. Whatever you ask of me, I am available. Are you, am I available to God in whatever testing we go through? Dear God, what is it? Why is it? Oh God, be with me, help me. And we make up our minds that we are not going to let anything rob us of our peace, our love, or our joy. And Abraham responds and he says, Hineni, would you repeat that word after me? Hineni. It means, here I am, I'm for you, O God. Whatever your will, whatever you want for me, I will not lose out. I will keep my eyes on you. I will live for you. I will serve you. I will not let the evil one steal from me my joy, my peace, my love for you, my love for other believers, my love, oh God, for my marriage, my children. Watch and see. Read along with me. And then God says, Take your son, your only son, whom you love. Does that kind of sound familiar to you and to me? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever would believe in him would not be lost. We can read it in Yohanan. John chapter 3, beginning at verse 16. I'm reading from a messianic version of Scripture called the Complete Jewish Bible. It brings both covenants of Scripture together. I believe with all my heart that the first covenant, oftentimes we refer to it as the Old Testament, but when you're sharing with Jewish people don't use the term Old Testament. They will take it, oh, you think it's old, it's antiquated, it's out of date, it's not re relevant. Use it, use the word, your scriptures, God's word, the Bible. Use it as the first covenant of scripture that first covenant of Scripture is just as inspired as the new covenant of Scripture. And let me tell you, that is one of the things I have loved, appreciated, and respected about what Calvary Chapel stands for. I was here Sunday morning, uh, both services, and I appreciated your sermon. It seemed to me that you took time to prepare and to study for that, and it was a message from God's word. For God so loved the world that he gave 
his only and unique son. Now, here the scripture does not say very unique. And English scholarship people say you don't say very unique or most unique. The word unique stands by itself. It means special, like no one else, like nothing else, unique. And he gave his only and unique son so that everyone who trusts in him may have eternal life instead of being utterly destroyed. For God did not send his son into the world to judge the world, or other versions would use the word to condemn the world, but that the world through him would be saved. When Yeshua, when Jesus came, he did not come to judge, he came to save. And, uh, but rather, so that through him the world might be saved. Those who trust in him are not judged. You are not condemned. We're under that blood atoning covenant. Our sins are forgiven. We're, we, we, still, uh, we still need the work of the Ruach, the Holy Spirit, to help us overcome temptation and to deliver us from sin. For those who trust in him are not judged. Those who do not trust have been judged already in that they have not trusted in the one who is God's only and unique son. And here God is judging Abraham. His name has to do with Abba, with father. And he said to Abraham, take your son, your only son, whom you love. And it wasn't that he didn't love Yishmael. Remember, Sarah saw the way Yishmael was taunting and teasing Isaac. And when Isaac was born, Yishmael was already 13, 14 years, years old. And Sarah felt that this son of a promise, his life was in peril. And so she intervened in behalf of her son. And then, whom you love, yes, Yitzchak, and go to the land of Moriah. That's where the holy mount is. That's where the third temple is going to be re, uh, rebuilt. And hopefully they have the accurate dimensions to put that holy place just over that holy place. This would be the very place where Abraham would offer his son. Uh, there you are to offer him as a burnt offering on a mountain, the Mount Moriah. It's in Jerusalem. Uh, a mountain that I will point out to you. Abraham got up early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his two young men with him, together with Yitzchak, with Isaac, his son. You know, the name Isaac has to do with laughter, with fun, with joy, with uh, a good temperament, a good mood, a good sense uh, of humor. It has to do with the joy of your salvation. He cut the wood for the burnt offering, departed and went towards the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham raised his eyes and he saw the place in the distance. Isn't it interesting? On the third day, wasn't there a resurrection on the third day too? Was it that just at that precise moment on the third day, Abraham sees resurrection? 
God is telling him, offer your, own, your only son a burnt offering. That means you totally offer your son. You don't get him back. You just, the, 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 this offering is consumed in, uh, in, in fire. But it looks to me that there's something prophetic on the third day. Who was it that was raised from the dead? Who was it that said the sign of Jonah in the belly of the whale three days and three nights? Three days and three nights. Not a partial day, not part of another day, not half of the third day. Three full days and three full nights. And this is a prophecy about Yeshua, about God offering his son as a sacrifice, about God requiring of Abraham to do something. And God was also willing to do what Abraham, the father of this young boy, how old, how old was Isaac at the time? Some say he would have been 13. He could have been 17. He could have been 22. He could have been 37 years old. Abraham was already up in years. He was old. And here we see a picture, a picture of uh, this son being willing to submit and to obey his father. What about Sarah? She's not even mentioned in here. But Sarah was, I mean, she's considered one of the matriarchs of, of Judaism, one of the matriarchs of uh, Scripture. And uh, I just have a feeling, I'm reading in between the lines, I'm, I'm trying to imagine you know, what she must have been going through. Uh, she was a strong-willed woman. She was a woman of character. She was a woman of strong uh, will. She was a, 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 a woman who had discernment, and, and, and I believe that she would have asked Abraham, Abraham, my husband, are you sure it was God that spoke to you? Did you have a bad dream? Did you eat too much late at night and, and, and you had a dream and, and you thought you heard uh, God speak to you? Here, uh, God used me to deliver our son from Yishmael and from Hagar. And, and you're telling me that God spoke to you about offering our beautiful, precious son, as a sacrifice? You, you've got to be kidding. Are you sure? Abraham had lied about his wife on two different occasions. She knew that Abraham was not perfect. But somehow or another, she submitted. She said, I trust you. I trust you with our son. I see how you've grown in character. I see how you walk close to God. And I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let go. Go ahead. You do. You have to obey God first. I'll bet she was tested as well. Abraham got up early. He cut the wood for the burnt offering, having departed and went towards the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham raised his eyes and he saw the place in the distance. He saw that place of resurrection. This is probably uh, the first place where uh, there's uh, a, a, a picture, something about the third day, something of re uh, resurrection. He raised his eyes, saw the place in the distance. Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. 
I and the boy will go there, worship and return to you. Fathers, do you uh, go with your sons and your daughters? Do you ever take them out somewhere just to pray? You know, there are mountains around here. Me and my son have gone to the Red Rock uh, Mountains there in Las Vegas, and he takes a place over here, and I take a place over there, and we pray, and we share scripture. My son, uh, my son's name is uh, Levy, Levy. He's 34, he's single, he's good looking, like his father. And, uh, and I say that with all humility. No, I, I thank the Lord for, for my son. And uh, uh, if he's been a good son to me, and he has been, he was also a good son to his mother. She, she passed away uh, three years ago. Anyway, the point is, it's good to take time with our children. Uh, boy, at a very early age, I made sure that uh, Levy would go to synagogues, uh, to synagogue with me, or whenever I would be speaking at a synagogue. And I wanted him to see me, to see me with my hands raised up in praise and worship to the Lord. And I wanted him to see me follow along in the scriptures as the pastor or the rabbi is teaching God's word. And I wanted him to see me praying at home and reading scriptures and reading scriptures together. About uh, two months ago, uh, we were reading Proverbs together and uh, I read a chapter and then he read uh, another chapter and he comes to the scripture that says, and when fathers annoy their sons. There isn't a scripture like that. He made it up. And so after we finish reading, I get up and I turn around and boom. Boy, I slugged him in the arm. And then I ran and he ran after me and he caught me. And as he's holding me, you know, he says, I can remember when I was a little boy, I would hit you and I would run. And now you hit me and you run. <laughs> kind of uh, changes. Brashit 22. Yeah, I think it's important that our children see us in church. Uh, yeah, thank you for being uh, here uh, tonight, I think it really is important that we are faithful to the house of God and to the services. And uh, Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and laid it on Yitzchak, his son, and he took in his hand the fire and the knife, and they both went on together. He laid the wood on his son, wasn't there a situation in Yeshua carrying that piece of wood? And, and he stumbles and falls. And uh, there's a man that is called to help him. And Abraham lays that wood for the burnt offering. It's going to be uh, set on, on fire. Again, this is a picture of what Jesus has done for you and me. He bore that cross for you and for me. And it's not that we have to, it's that we're willing to and we're free to take up your cross, deny yourself, and be holy before your God. And so... He takes in his hand the fire and the knife, and they both went on together. Yitzchak, Isaac, both spoke to Abraham, Abraham his father, my father, and uh, Abraham again for the first time. 
uh, God calls to Abraham, and now Isaac is calling to his father, and Abraham says, here am I, my son. He nani, he nani. Would you repeat that word again? He nani. Say it again. He nani. And would you just hold your hands out? You know, just hold your hands out. And, and it's like we're saying, here I am, Lord. Here I am. Whatever you want me to go, whatever you want me to do, whatever you would want me to give, I give you my life. And then uh, he answers, here I am, my son, Hineni. And Isaac says, I see the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Abraham replied, God will provide himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. And they both went on together. Isn't one of the titles, one of the names of Yeshua, Lamb of God? Would you please turn to Ivrit, the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, beginning at verse 17. Four years, or, or six years ago, I went for my driver's license, and I asked the lady, can I take the vision test without my glasses? And she said, sure. So I took it without my glasses, and she said, perfect. She said, you're the first senior citizen that I've uh, ever known that it seems like their vision has improved. But uh, here uh, lately, oh, and then she said, you want me to take that uh, restriction, you know, where you have to drive with your glass, and I said, yeah, get that thing off of there. But here, the, the last few months, I've been noticing, uh, uh, experiencing somewhat of a challenge. Anyone here have those 199 or 299 glasses? Do you have, do you have those? Yeah, let me, let me borrow them, if you would, please. Let's see if they'll work. <laughs> Only use them to read. Yeah, hey, <laughs> wait, hold on a second, let's see. Yeah, that's better. Verse 17, by trusting, uh, by trusting, Hebrews eleven seventeen, Abraham, when he was put to the test, offered up, Yitzchak as a sacrifice. Yes, he offered up his only son, he who had received the promises to whom it has been said, what is called your seed will be in Yitzchak, in Isaac. For he had concluded that God could even raise people from the dead and figuratively speaking, he did so receive him. And again, you know, it's not only Abraham that is put to the test, but even Isaac is put to the test. He could have run away. He could have broken away from his father. But, uh, uh, but God had... Uh, 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 he said, I see the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And then in verse, uh, I'm in uh, uh, Genesis uh, chapter 22 at verse 8. Abraham replied, God will provide himself the lamb for a burnt offering. And uh, my son and they both went on together. And Isaac yielded to God through the example and the faith of his father. And Isaac also was saying, Hineni. They came to the place God told him about, and Abraham built the altar there and set the wood in order, bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar 
on the wood. Then Abraham put out his hand and took the knife to kill his son. Now, uh, Isaac is not just carrying the wood, he's laying on the wood. And the Romans would have had to have laid Yeshua down on that wood and pierced his, his uh, wrist right in here, the yod that's still considered the hand right in here in his feet as, as well. And the scripture uh, tells us that he laid Isaac on that wood just also in a similar way that uh, Yeshua was laid on that wood. And then in verse 11, but the angel of Adonai called to him out of heaven, Abraham, Abraham. Here he calls the name Abraham twice. This is the second time that God calls the name Abraham. The first time, one time. Now this next time, it's twice that he calls him. And again, maybe Abraham is going through, is this really God? Am I going to have to really go through this? And sometimes God speaks to you and he speaks to me. And listen, you know, two years ago, October the 1st, there was a mass shooting in Las Vegas. 58 people were killed. Here in El Paso, what, 22? 22 were killed, several others uh, wounded in a mass uh, shooting. And my son, Levy, was going to go to that country western concert. And uh, he called up his Jewish friend, Alex, and he says, Alex, uh, I don't think uh, I should go to the concert. I'm going to have to work two shifts tomorrow, and I better stay home get a good night's rest. Alex goes to the concert uh, and, and uh, the shooting starts and Alex starts running out and there's a girl running right beside him and she gets shot right here and she's bleeding profusely. Alex picks her up, puts her in his car. He doesn't take her to the, con to the trauma center. He knew better. He took her to another one of the hospitals. And uh, Levy and Alex go to see her the next morning, and she survives. That bullet did not hit any vital organs. But I said to Levy, sometimes God speaks to us, and we don't even really know or feel that it was God. But I told my son, I believe God spoke to you. To tell, uh, to tell you, don't go to the concert. You're going to have to work. Maybe a little insignificant thing. How many times has that happened with me? How many times has that happened with you? And there are times that God even speaks to us twice. Maybe even more. Listen. Listen to that voice of the Father. I'm at verse number uh, 12. He said, don't lay your hand on the boy. Don't do anything uh, to him, for now I know that you're a man who fears God because you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. Are you holding something back from God? Maybe some of your money? Oh, here we go. Yeah, these preachers, eventually they're going to get to money. Uh, maybe that's your criticism because you haven't been obeying God about your money, about giving, your tithes. One of the Ten Commandments is, you shall not steal. Stop stealing from God. And I want to say that with all love. 
I don't want to lay a guilt trip on people. I want to share something that brings conviction. Conviction means this is right. This is the truth. Oh, but I can't afford to give 10%. Maybe it should be you can't afford not to give that 10%. Al que le cae el guante que se lo plante. If the shoe fits, wear it. Don't do anything. Don't lay your hand on the boy. For now I know that you are a man who fears God because you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. Abraham raised his eyes and looked, and there behind him was a ram caught in the bushes by its horns. You know, from this, we get the shofar. And uh, at Rosh Hashanah, the festival of trumpets, this 22nd chapter of Genesis is read in every synagogue, whether it's Reform, Conservative, or Orthodox. This is part of the Festival of Trumpets. Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering in place of his son. Abraham called the place Adonai Yireh. God will see to it. God provides, as it is said to this day, on the mountain Adonai is seen. The angel of Adonai called to Abraham a second time out of heaven. He said, I have sworn to myself, says Adonai, that because you have done this, because you haven't withheld your son, your only son, I will most certainly bless you, and I will most certainly increase your descendants to as many as there are stars in the sky or grains of sand on the seashore. Your descendants will possess the cities of their enemies, and by your descendants all the nations of the earth will be blessed because you obeyed my order." And I pray that as I close, as I conclude this, that through this, we are more obedient to God. God wants obedience even more than sacrifice.